I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. And good morning. Welcome to another edition of Hennepin County Medical Center's Healthy Matters. It is an open line show today. If you're routinely listening to the show, you know that you drive the show by phone calls, text messages, or your questions via tweet. Uh, and good morning to you, Dr. Hilden. Good morning, Danny. How are you doing? I'm doing well. I, uh, I've scrubbed everything down with alcohol wipes here. Good. We're all, uh, we're all sterile here in the CCO studios. I've talked to people who did not get their flu shot. And this was, uh, right during their illnesses. Yeah. 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 It's been, quite- I know it's not 100%. Perfect. You're right, Danny. It's not 100, percent but uh, it's been a big it's been a big month in flu. Oh, I should say it has been a big month in flu. It's, it's been happening at the hospital. Yeah, it's been really busy. I let's see. I was I was on the inpatient services in the hospital at HCMC in downtown Minneapolis, and I think it, I don't know three or four a day I saw of people who had to be hospitalized with flu. I'm just one guy just in a, big, guy, in a huh? big hospital. I have a lot of colleagues seeing patients, and. Um, we're one hospital of many, and so there's just hundreds of hospitalizations. And if you're if you're hospitalized, that means there's another ten or twenty people who weren't hospitalized. So there's just thousands of cases of flu. Good news is it's not a big deal for most people. It's a big deal, but you you feel awful. You really do. You feel awful, but um, you get over it in a few days, maybe a week. You miss a few days of work, you know, because you have a bad fever, and then you you know and then you get better. But for some people, you don't. You know, little kids, it's dangerous and. Older adults, it's dangerous, and people with chronic disease, it's dangerous. So, um, yeah, get your flu shot. It's not too late, and no, it's not perfect, but you know what? Your seatbelt isn't perfect either, yeah, but we true. wear that, don't we? So so uh, don't let the perfect be the enemy of the really pretty good. So A lot of people phrase. that I've talked to, in fact, my wife and kids, a cough that lingers forever. Yeah, so, yeah the cough can go on forever. Wow. Even with a cold, your cough can go on for weeks yeah, on true. end. All right, I'll tell you what, let's, let me give you the phone number and the text number. We can uh, start the show, the open line show, 651-989-9226. There's a line open. You call right now. We'll tend to get busy as we always do or, or send uh, a text to 81807 if, you, uh, if that's easier for you. Or uh, like Dr. Hilden says, tweet. Tweet me. How do we tweet? Dr. David Hilden is my handle. You know, I think that's what you say, the handle. Um, or and put the hashtag Healthy Matters in there, and then it'll get filed away to all of our Healthy Matters uh, archive. But it's DR. That's like Dr. David Hilton. All one word. That's my Twitter handle. You can tweet me a question. Somebody's already um, texting in a question, uh, encouraging, asking me to encourage people who do not feel well to stay home from church and movie theaters. Now, heaven forbid that I'd be the one to tell people to stay home from church. You know, I don't want to get struck by a thunderbolt. <laughs> but <laughs> or the flu. but this texter's right. If you have uh, if you're sick, you need to take take the day off from church or from going to movies or enclosed spaces. This person's correct. If you have particularly if you have a fever or if you're coughing, you need to stay home. You're not doing anybody any favors, and pretty sure the good Lord will, will understand. Oh, yes. Yeah, um, stay home. Um, that's how it passes um, from person to person. It's not thought to pass. Well, we, it doesn't pass from just looking at somebody 50 feet away. But it is when you're within an arm's reach of another person 
i.e. in a church pew, or it is if um if you're coughing and sneezing, just anybody who is in your radius, you know, if you're six in, feet of you is is vulnerable. I think about an unprotected cough. I wonder how far those those bugs oh, can travel. Oh. Oh, that reminds me. There is a little video of that. Somebody is did there? a study on that. They did like like stop motion photography or strobe photography of a person okay. sneezing. I think it's a sneeze, and they have like this this. They're lit up, and then they have like a strobe camera. It's it's um it's gruesome. <laughs> it's just a normal person sneezing, and it just you want to go ew when you see how far the mist and the spray comes out of their mouth. It's way further than you think. Ooh. It's so like protected. spraying across the room. Oh, gosh. I can't remember. I bet you could search for that online. Hey, speaking yeah. of online, yeah. then we're going to get to the phone. Um, yeah. I did a uh, – I've taken a little hiatus from doing posts on the blog because it's – well, heck, it's January. But I did one yesterday. I went out running on uh, – around Lake, Lake Harriet in South Minneapolis like I do a lot. And I look out there and there's like a 1,000 people standing out on Lake Harriet. Yeah. I'm thinking, what the heck is that? So I walk, I walk, I walked out there, and it turns out there's sort of a hipster art show going on on the lake. On the lake, and I, and I think it's going on for a couple more weeks. It's called Art Shanty, 2018, and I know that's a another organization, uh, but I wasn't aware of it. And so you go out there, and there's all these little shanties. They're ice, they're like ice fishing houses, but they're <laughs> all decorated. One of them looks like a whale. There's another one that looks like a, I think it was a lighthouse. No, it's like a silo that's tipping over. There's one called the Tomb of the Unknown Minnow. That's out there. And, of course, there's some people ice fishing. There's people riding bicycles out there dressed up like butterflies. So I thought it was just a whimsical, very fun day, and I, it, I just thought it was cool. So I, did a, I wrote a, a little essay, a little blog post, which is mostly pictures, and I put it on myhealthymatters.org, and already like 150 people have looked at it. And I only wow. did it you know, just yesterday night. One and day. So, yeah, and just one day. So you might want to take a look at it. It's, it's, and if you don't know what I'm talking about, myhealthymatters.org. It's all one word, .org. No spaces or anything like that. That's the, the website that uh, is affiliated with this show. It's mostly my ramblings and musings about medical topics. I try to have it be pretty – well, I hope it's medically accurate – but every now and then I do just something kind of oddball, and that's what this one is. It's called Scenes from a Frozen Minnesota Lake. I put it up last night, and so you might want to check it out, and there's just pictures that I took with my trusty phone. Right, so good. go to myhealthymatters.org. That's a good day to do that, too. Today. Yeah, it is. All right, 651-989-9226. That's the phone number for your uh, general health questions for the doctor. Send a text. We've got a bunch of those already. At the 81807. Bill is li- on line one coming in with the first question. Bill, what is your question for the doctor? Hi, good morning, guys. Um, um, I've, I've talked to you before on constipation, Dr. Hildren. Yeah. Um, I, as you know, I've had a, I had a neck uh, injury years ago. I'm taking Tramadol and uh, Invokana, which both of these medications are causing constipation. But my issue is... Even though I take um, uh, stool softeners, I've taken um, um, like Clorox from Walmart with uh, Citracal. My bowels end up, they're, they're not really that hard, they're soft, but I'm having trouble getting the urge or actually expelling it. Is there any medication out there? Yeah, thanks, Bill, for your call. Um, so stool softeners basically... Um, they soften things but don't make them move better. Um, and so you maybe don't even need stool softeners. The first thing I would do in whenever a person is constipated, 
whenever a person's constipated, I always try to see if there's anything that is causing it that is reversible. And I know you're on um, medications. Um, I'm not so sure about Invokana, whether that's a big constipation causer, but tramadol certainly is. So if there's any chance of you getting off that, that's that's job one. Get off of things um, that uh, might be causing it. And that's, for, for other listeners, tramadol's a mild narcotic pain medication. It's not one of the big ones like the opioids, like like we think of morphine, but it's just about. It's it's close. And so I would um, try to stop that if you could. If you can't, then I would go with some stronger medications. Um, uh, use a laxative, something that gets the bowels moving, not just softening the stool. And so start out with Miralax or something like that, Senna. And if those don't work, then you go to something like um, magnesium citrate. Some of these you need a prescription for. If that doesn't work, we have stronger things in our – stronger arrows in our quiver, mm-hmm. if you will. There's always something else. Great idea to try prune juice. I recommend that to darn near everybody who's constipated. It's safe. It's effective. It's as good as anything we got in a pill. So a, a, a cup of prune juice if you can stand it. A lot of people don't love prune juice. I don't even know if I've ever tried it. So I tell people <laughs> – I tell people try prune juice. I don't even know if I've ever tried it. But it's uh, – <laughs> Um, it's very effective. So those are some um, ideas for you, Bill. All right. Thanks, Bill. 651-989-9226. We're getting text messages this morning. If that's easier for you, send it at 81807. I am going to take some of these while sure. we line up more phone calls. Um, the first one that came in um, uh, before I even got here was, are there similarities between Parkinson's and Alzheimer's disease? And that's a great question. It's probably a great – that's a great topic for a whole show. I'm going to jot that down. We should do a show on Parkinson's. We have done one on Alzheimer's. Alzheimer's is a form of dementia, which is the progressive loss of your cognitive faculties. It happens generally over a great long time, like years. Um, and it's the most common kind, um, named after Dr. Alzheimer. And that is, so it's a dementia. Parkinson's disease is a neuromuscular disorder. It's, it's, it, it's often, we often think of it as a movement disorder. And um, uh, due to problems with dopamine in your brain. So they are different, but they have some similarities. One of the similarities is that a, there is a type of dementia, cognitive decline, that is associated with Parkinson's disease, and that's called Lewy body dementia. Lewy is L E W Y, Lewy body dementia. It's a different kind of dementia um, than Alzheimer's, but they look similar cognitive decline, um, memory loss getting forgetful. When it gets more severe, you get some personality types of changes, some irritability, mood swings, things like that. They're both progressive, but they're treated very differently. There are some um, – you need a neurologist for your Parkinson's disease for sure. You should have a Parkinson's specialist um, because there's more than just the dementia. There's the movement piece and all that. And um, and so that's kind of the – there are some similarities, but they're very different diseases. I know we have to take a break, doctor. Uh, but uh, there's a couple of things. Uh, folks that maybe have missed previous shows, yeah, go to the to it. go to the blog site, and not only do, can you look at my silly pictures of people on a Minnesota lake, but there's podcasts of recent shows. Easiest way to listen to an old show is to go to the myhealthymatters.org and just click the listen to podcast link. That will take you directly to WCCO where they have them on there. Um, every show of, from the recent past, I don't think it goes back all ten years, but for a long time, um, they're there. And you can listen in their entirety. The shows are shortened because there's no interruptions and there's no mm-hmm. breaks. And you can listen on your phone or your laptop. You can just – on your computer. It's easy to do. So if you don't know what a podcast is, it's really easy. There's just a play button. 
You can play it directly from WCCL, or you can download it to your device and play it at your convenience while you're riding the bus, maybe in your car. Um, you can listen to it whenever you want. So go to myhealthymatters.org to get to the podcast, and that'll take you to the link. Just a reminder, too, as we head to the break, we have more show to come, so uh, call us or text us. We're going to do another open line show next week, but we'll also you'll be also be joined with uh, Dr. John Hick. Yeah, we have a special um, time coming up with the Super Bowl, and there's nobody who's better, like in the country, there's nobody better than emergency preparedness than Dr. Hick. He is He's leading up our efforts to be prepared for the Super Bowl. So he's going to be um, – we're going to talk to John a little bit about what we're doing. It's really fascinating and um, to hear uh, what it takes to, to be prepared in the event of any kind of emergency, big or small. And Dr. Hick will be right. here then. It will be next week. All right. Hang on. We, uh, we're going to take a quick break. But again, if you have a question for the doctor, 651-989-9226. So send a text. We'll uh, f- pick up on those too as well. That number for your text message, 81807. It's overcast. We're going to be in the midst of a winter storm watch here in the Twin Cities that starts tonight and remains through tomorrow night. You stay tuned to WCC. We're talking maybe three to seven inches possible for the metro Twin Cities. Right now it's overcast, 34 degrees here on CCO. And good morning. Welcome back to this portion of Hennepin County Medical Center's Healthy Matters. It is an open line show today. What does that mean? That means uh, your questions drive the show. We're not talking about any particular topic. 651-989-9226. That's for your phone call or send a text. We have a bunch of those. You can see Dr. 81807. You want to grab one or two? Yeah, let's grab some texts. You can tweet me too at Dr. David Hilden. Excuse me. I'll, I'll take a look at that as well. Let's go to the, let's go to the, the text line here. It said, um, here's one that says, I complete, oh, I'm reading that wrong. Sorry. Let's go to this one. What's the incubation period of the flu? After you come in contact with an infection, infected person, it's a few days. Um, once the, the you're you're in, in contact with an infected person, usually two, three, four days is about what it takes for the thing to build up in you and make you symptomatic. The, the interesting thing about it, about flu and most viral illnesses, most viral respiratory problems, is that you are contagious for a day or so before you have any symptoms. That's kind of the bummer. Oh yeah, you, you might be okay. And then you get sick tomorrow, but you were infecting everybody in the previous 24 hours. And you're infectious for many days, maybe as much as a week um, after your your symptoms resolve. But it takes a few days to to build up. Um, we were talking about the flu sick. when we first uh, started the show. And somebody, we were talking about, you were talking about the hospital and a lot of folks. And some texter wants to know, when should you go to the hospital instead of staying home? That's a good question. Because, yeah. you know, heck, we got all kinds of people in the hospital. And yet I'm telling you to stay home. What's the yeah. deal? Well, Influenza, as I said, is self-limited for the vast majority of people. The biggest cost of influenza actually is like lost time at school and work because we tell people just stay home. So if you're a healthy, older, like teenager to older adult who's otherwise pretty healthy and you have a fever and, and a cough, just stay home and eat some chicken soup. That's what we tell people to do. You don't need any medications. You don't need any of that. But if you if you are the parent of an infant, a baby, a toddler, a preschooler, an early grade schooler, children, young children are at risk, and it's so sad that people, the children have died this year, um, already of the flu, and every year, um, too many children die. So, um, so if you are the parent of a child, who and the things in a child that you should look for. Now, I'm not a pediatrician, so take this with a grain of salt, but. Um, dehydration is huge in kids. So if your child's diaper is not wet, 
that's not good. Um, I, I know you don't like changing diapers, but yeah. that's the norm. So if your child's diaper is not wet, they're not urinating, take them in. If they seem lethargic, if they're not breastfeeding, if they're not eating their their baby food or their toddler types of food, if they have a fever and a cough and are just looking punky, take your kid in, your youngest one. And then if you're an older adult, if you're a senior and um, – and you get a, a high fever that comes on quickly in a cough, you might need to go in as well because it is more dangerous in older adults. And if you get there soon enough, there is an antiviral medication that we do give people if we get you in the first day or at most the first two days, the first 48 hours, the medication is, is a little bit effective. So at the ext- what we call the extremes of age, very young, very old. And then if you are also a person who has um, chronic illnesses – Flu is more dangerous for you. If you are a person with heart failure, if you are a person with um, COPD, emphysema, really bad asthma, cancer, um, you maybe should go into it to have it be seen if you get the flu because um, it's a little bit more risky for you as well. For everybody else, stay home. All right. Let's go to the phones. We're getting a bunch of callers uh, in. Uh, Betty in St. Louis Park, I think, is next up. Go ahead, Betty. Thank you. Good morning. Yes, I'm calling about urinary infection because – uh, I've been talking with the doctors for uh, three, four months. I continually keep getting the infection back after I take the antibiotic. Then it's a couple weeks and the infection is back. Uh, is there such a thing as chronic infection and what what? the process to get rid of it? Sure. Um, Betty, uh, before you leave the phones, are you seeing your primary doctor or have you seen a urologist yet? Uh, only the primary doctor. Okay. Yes. Um, um, you, you have what's called recurrent um, bladder or urinary infections and it is common. It's particularly common in women. Um, uh, and so what, well, the reason I asked are you seeing your primary doctor or a urologist is that I think it's time to see a urologist. They can do some voiding studies. Voiding is urination. We say voiding. And because um, anytime you're, a, a fluid in the body is stagnant, and the fluid in this case is urine, it's not moving very well, it's more likely to get infected. So if your bladder is meant to hold urine, but it's only meant to hold urine for a short period of time, you're supposed to be voiding it out. And sometimes people's bladders don't empty completely. And if your bladder isn't emptying completely, it could set you up for recurrent infection. So that's one thing. And a urologist can help with that. They can also help with whether or not you need suppressive antibiotics. And that means an antibiotic that you take every day to prevent an infection, not to treat one. Uh, so I would suggest seeing a urologist. I would also maybe ask to see an infectious disease doctor because they're the experts on recurrent infections and they can give you some other tips. A lot of people talk about cranberry juice and that's never been shown to help in any scientific studies, but it probably wouldn't hurt. You could try drinking some cranberry juice, although I can't I, I can't endorse things that aren't proven to work, but it, yeah, what the heck. And then just drink lots of fluid and keep your bladder moving. Urinate a lot. You should be going every two hours. Drink a lot of fluids until your urine's coming out very pale color. If your urine's coming out a rich yellow color or amber colored or darker than that, that's not good. You want your urine to look just a little shade more yellow than water. So drink a lot of fluids until you're urinating a lot. So those are some suggestions, Betty. All right. 
Thanks very much. I tell you what, let's uh, let's get Lois and New Hope's question posed, and then because we are almost against the clock, we have another half hour of the show to go. Uh, Betty, uh, Lois, what's your uh, what's your question, please, and then we'll answer it after the break. Um, I'm I'm questioning primary biliary cirrhosis. I run a positive test for that, and I know it has. I shouldn't say I know. I think it has something to do with the bile ducts and the liver, and whatever it is that will destroy the liver. And uh, uh, the symptoms, and if there's a cure, and um, I guess if it affects male or female more. Okay, Lois, I will. Um, um, I hope you can listen for another few minutes because after our top of the hour break, I will answer your questions in some detail. Yes, it is um, a scarring uh, uh, process of the bile ducts around your liver, and so I'll be talking about that a lot more. So do um, you don't have to hang out on the phone line, but do listen, listen after the, the break, sure. and I'll come back and we'll talk about it. Sounds good. Then we'll pick up on more phone calls and text messages, so don't go away. As I said, we have another half hour of the show to go. It is an open line show today here on Healthy Matters. Uh, again, your phone calls and text messages, 651-989-9226, or uh, send a text, 81807. Overcast right now in the Twin Cities, heading for about 37 right now. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. It's 34. Welcome to Healthy Matters, presented by Hennepin County Medical Center, a network of neighborhood clinics, specialty centers, hospitals, and Minnesota's Level 1 Adult and Pediatric Trauma Center. Please remember we can only give general medical advice during the program, and every case is unique. We urge you to consult with your personal physician if you have health concerns. Now, here's Denny Law with your host, Dr. David Hilden, internal medicine physician with Hennepin County Medical Center, with more Healthy Matters. Good morning. Welcome back to this portion of Hennepin County Medical Center's Healthy Matters. This is an open line show today, which means your phone calls, your text messages, your tweets for Dr. Hilden, and uh, you drive the show, not talking about any particular topic. And as you can see, Dr. Hilden, we have callers, we have texters, uh, but let me, I'll tell you what, let me give you the phone number, 651-989-9226. There is a line open if you want to use it. Or send a text, 81807. We did have a caller before the break. We though. did. I'm going to have, um, um, respond to Lois's excellent question. Um, before I do that, just welcome to the show, everybody. Thank you for listening, as always. If you're listening up here from the upper Midwest, I've, somebody tweeted me, um, a friend of mine, uh, I know who it is, tweeted me, and it just says, Skull. So I don't know. There must be something going on. Must um, be. Something going on. You know, I wrote just a little trip down memory lane. I've been a Vikings fan since I was like five. And I remember um, sitting out at Met Stadium out in those left field bleachers, you know, watching the Vikings play the Cleveland Browns. It was like 100 below zero. <laughs> I think Bud Grant was probably over on the sidelines wearing a T-shirt, and it was the purple people eaters. And Fran Tarkenton was scrambling around behind the line of scrimmage so far he had to throw a long bomb just to get the ball back to the line of scrimmage. But those were the days. And, you know, we're back. The Vikings are back. So Skull Vikes, let's go. Um, I'm going to be watching the game this evening, as like are all of you. So I just got to throw out the skull for the Vikings. Um, Lois, back to your question. Lois called before the break about primary biliary cirrhosis, and it's a great question. PBC um, was named a long time ago because your liver can get cirrhotic, which is end-stage advanced liver disease. 
In reality, it's a disease of the bile duct. So there's been sort of a push to rename primary biliary cirrhosis primary biliary cholangitis. There's, um, they're the same thing. And what it is is you get scarring of your bile ducts, the tubes that lead from your gallbladder and in through your liver, and they get scarred. We're not sure why. It's an autoimmune disease, which is when doctors say autoimmune when it's your own body sort of attacking yourself, and that's what PBC is. It's much more prevalent in women, like 10 to 1, something like that. Um, women get it more often, but men can get it as well. And your symptoms of it are, are like fatigue, that's the main thing. People get tired, just exhausted during the day. Sometimes you get itchy um, skin. Um, and then if it gets advanced, your skin can turn jaundiced or yellow and your eyes can turn yellow. And when it gets really advanced, your liver can go. It can get cirrhotic. So it's a progressive disease. And unfortunately, Lois, there is no cure. Um, uh, it is relatively severe disease. Um, um, people tend to live just a few years um, with PBC, but some people live a lot longer. You never know. And um, there is a medication called Ursodiol that people um, sometimes take. So almost everybody with PBC is on Ursodiol now. And then um, we look to liver transplant. Um, we look um, – uh, you can do reasonably well with that. And so – and some people go on for years and years and years and just are kind of tired. Um, and, but it is a progressive illness. That's the PBC story. It, um, it is often diagnosed with a blood test and uh, – a blood test um, – let me see if I can remember. Um, a mitochondrial antibody is how it's often diagnosed. So I hope that, that – that answered some of your questions, Lois. And I would see a liver specialist. That'd be something I would for sure do. So if if you've been diagnosed with PBC, um, make sure you see a liver specialist because it's without a doubt a disease of the liver and the biliary tract. All right, very good. Thanks for the call, Lois. Lois leaves that line open at uh, 651-989-9226. Text is 81807. And before we do grab some text messages, Catherine is calling from Blaine with a question. Good morning, Catherine. Thanks for waiting. Hey, good morning, uh, Dr. Hilden and Danny. Thanks for taking my call. I have a question. I have a four-year-old granddaughter, and she came home from preschool, uh, and she had a fever of 103.7. When we called the clinic, we were told not to bring her in unless it was 105. Is that is that a normal thing? Is that a normal response for having... Um, you know, conditions like that? Yeah, great questions, Catherine. You know, sometimes we just put, we put like artificial um, thresholds of numbers. You know, 103.7 is pretty high in my book. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't wait till your child has 105 fever to have them be seen. Um, or your, so I'm not, um, I think the message that that doctor's office was probably trying to give is, hey, kids do get fevers. It'll get better. Kids can sometimes get dramatically high fevers. Um, and they probably don't want to just get inundated with kids who have flu or something similar that's just going to get better. That being the case, if I were the parent or in your case the grandparent of a four-year-old and you're worried and it's a four-year-old with a nearly 104 fever, that's reasonable to have your child be seen. They, um, if for no other reason to just see if they're, if they're dehydrated, um, that's the big issue with kids. They get dehydrated. Um, it is also reasonable to stay home if if it's if it's um, just a temporary thing. You know, your kid wakes up with a fever, and by the end of the day, they're doing fine. You don't have to go in. Um, but as I said in the first half of the show, the people who are at more risk of of problems are young children, and four is youngish, 
and um, and and they are at some risk. So. I think they probably just – you were probably the 30th call they got that day with a kid who had a fever. And they're thinking, don't come in. Everybody's got it. Stay home. So I guess I understand where they're coming from. But I think it's also reasonable to tell parents and grandparents of kids when you're worried, you know your child better than anybody else. I always, when a parent or a grandparent says there's something wrong with my kid, <clears throat> we should believe them 100 percent of the time. Yeah, you're right. 100 percent of the time. Parents know – they know. They know their kids. So if you're worried, it's always reasonable to, to go in in that case. All right. Very good. We'll get back to the phones, doctor, but let's grab uh, some text messages as well. Uh, we're at it. Let's do that, Denny. This one says um, pneumonia was diagnosed, um, but it was but symptoms are similar to the flu. What shows up on the x-ray? Yeah, pneumonia is a bacterial infection of the lower respiratory tract. That means your lungs. Um, influenza is a viral infection of the lower respiratory tract. So they're both infections of the lungs. Pneumonia shows up on an x-ray as white patches. So we can see it often, not always, but often. They can be seen on a chest x-ray. Influenza usually cannot be seen on a chest x-ray. But they're often different to distinguish. The difference is our influenza comes on like a ton of bricks. It comes on really fast and it gets better on its own after a few days. Pneumonia might be a little bit more insidious in onset over a few days. You have um, a fever with both. Your cough is usually um, um, more productive in pneumonia. You're usually coughing up gook. That's the medical term. That's you know we gook. Learned, we, I okay. learned that in medical terminology. Gook. You're 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 coughing up crud in pneumonia. Often gross looking brown tan greenish crud. Um, pneumonia um, lasts um, a little bit longer. It does require antibiotics. They are difficult to distinguish. I do have to admit that. And frankly, in influenza, the dangerous part of influenza is often not the first bout of it. It's the pneumonia that comes a week later. Um, that's often the dangerous part. So they are difficult to distinguish. Here's a person that's saying, my phone says myhealthymatters.org cannot be reached. I don't know what that is if you don't know what... Um, I checked it on my phone when I saw that, and it, the the website is up, myhealthymatters.org. That's the blog site. That's where I've done a new post just yesterday about my day on a Minnesota lake. You might hmm. want to check it out. Hundreds of people are doing so. Subscribe by email if you want. I'm sorry, Texter. I don't know why it wasn't working from your phone. It's there, myhealthymatters.org. Let's see. Here's one that says that we'll get off of the lungs for a minute here. My husband was hospitalized for a week with cellulitis in his lower leg and could not walk unsupported for three weeks due to severe pain. Is this likely to reoccur? Well, probably not unless the cause of the cellulitis wasn't taken care of. So cellulitis is a skin and soft tissue infection. It usually shows up as red, warm, swollen, painful skin. In this case, your, your husband's leg. It, uh, the skin is your best defense against infection. It's an incredibly good defensive against infections. But if your skin has lost its integrity, it has a cut in it, it's really dry. Maybe you have athlete's foot, anything like that. If there's a loss of skin integrity, you can get cellulitis again and again. So although your husband's um, first bout of cellulitis is gone, uh, make sure his skin is in good shape. Put moisturizing um, lotions on there. If he's got like cracked skin in between his toes and on his feet. That's athlete's foot. That's a fungal infection. Treat that and um, and that'll reduce your risks. Tell you what, let's do this. We have callers we'll pick up on and uh, more text messages as well, but we need to take a quick break. So let's do that. Overcast, 34 degrees in the Twin Cities. I might mention that as far as the Metro Twin Cities, there's a winter storm watch that goes into effect late tonight through tomorrow night. Uh, what does that mean? Uh, that means heavy snow is possible. We're talking maybe three to seven inches 
is what we're looking at right now, the total snow accumulations. That's portions of northwestern Wisconsin, central and east-central Minnesota, again from late tonight through Monday evening. Right now in the Twin Cities, 34 degrees here on CCO, heading for 37. Good morning. Welcome back to this open line edition of Healthy Matters, your phone calls and text messages and tweets for that matter. Uh, driving the show this morning. And Dr. Hillen, as you can see, we do have callers and texters. Let's see how many folks we can help out. Uh, David is calling from Minneapolis. He's been waiting there. Uh, David, what is your question, please? <clears throat> I had a, uh, I had rectal cancer and then I had an ostomy done. And the surgeon said that 90% of people that have an ostomy put in uh, get a hernia. So I have to wear a hernia belt to hold that in. Um, I've talked to two other people that had the same procedure, and they didn't seem to get a hernia from that operation. Is that common, or it it is common, David? So you are you're not alone. Some people do get a hernia because you know hernia is simply a defect in the abdominal wall, and when you have an ostomy, they made a defect. You know, so it can happen. I'm not sure about that ninety percent number though. So I've seen it a lot of times, but I've seen loads of people with ostomies without the hernia situation. So. Um, I guess common's a relative word, but I, I I think it's certainly possible to not get a hernia. So I would see if there's anything they can do about that. You know, sometimes they can fix things. They can sew up the abdominal muscles and and make it so that you don't have to wear that thing and that belt. Uh, so I hope that's helpful. But I I don't think you're 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 doomed to have you know that forever that that hernia. But but I do have to another caveat. I'm an internal medicine guy. I'm not a surgeon. This is way outside my area of expertise. But I can tell you for sure. I've seen loads of people who did not get hernias um, from their from their ostomy. All right. Let's see if we can't. Uh, thank you, David. Let's uh, pick up on some text messages. Here's a couple of texts real quickly. Here's one. It says a flu question. My wife is being treated for cancer for her ANC. That's absolute neutrophil count. It's low. Um, she has uh, um, inf- infusions every three weeks. She's at risk. At getting flu if she travels, is she at risk of getting flu if she travels by airplane to San Diego? Yes, um, people who have low white counts are at risk for for flu more than others, but they're also risk for complications of the flu. Even if you get if you get the flu, you're more at risk for bacterial complications of the flu. So I would suggest somebody who has got an immune system a little bit compromised, like your wife does, she wear a mask. I, it might look funny, but I would wear a mask on the airplane. Here's another um, text message that says, uh, um, my seven-year-old son was just diagnosed with HSP. Um, for listeners, that stands for Henoch Schonlein Purpura. Mm. Um, do you have any ideas on what to do or avoid to help him through this? So Purpura is a vasculitis of the small blood vessels under your skin. It usually gives you a purplish kind of rash on your body. It's, it's usually a result in children as a consequence of being exposed to some virus or perhaps some infection, like a sore throat or something. It's usually self-limited in children. It usually just gets better. It can lead to kidney disease. So if your kid is getting um, purple legs or something, you should have them be seen. Um, They have to look um, particularly for kidney disease, but it usually gets better um, on its own. Um, I think I had that as a kid maybe, you know, mm. to come to think of it. Um, here's another one. It says, Dr. Hilden, I'm a 40-year-old woman in the trades. I'm a carpenter. I was told I have costochondritis six years ago. Since then, I've continued to have burning pins and needles and pain and stabbing that can get quite severe. 
I had a scan recently to rule out anything more seriously. I'm having injections this week. What do you recommend moving forward? Is there any way to help my condition? This is from Amanda. Thanks, Amanda, for your text. Um, costochondritis is a, a cartilaginous and bony kind of inflammation due to repetitive use. And if you're a carpenter, that would be you. Um, so here's the thing you're not going to want to hear, Amanda. We tell people with ongoing pins and needles and pain um, due to repetitive use to stop the repetitive use. That's a stupid thing to say to somebody who is your livelihood. I get it. So that's hard. But if you can anyway come up with um, alterations in the exact um, – maybe the tools you use. Maybe you're using um, power tools and hammers and things like that. Um, it's going to be hard to avoid that. Um, anti-inflammatory medications might help. I would suggest for you things that are not pills though. I would suggest things like stretching, yoga, um, strengthening exercises, um, physical therapy, massage therapy, hot baths, whirlpools, all of those things. Maybe um, acupuncture, all of those things I would try um, because uh, otherwise it's going to be a lifetime of taking anti-inflammatory pills and injections and the like. All right. Let's uh, try to grab a phone call too before the show ends. Vinny is calling from uh, Blaine. Uh, go ahead, Vinny. What is your question, please? Hi. My uh, eight-year-old granddaughter had a spinal tap and I was wondering if – if MS will show up in a spinal tap. Yes, it can. Um, uh, MS is a, a, a – it does hit younger people particularly. It's usually young adults, people in their 20s, 30s, 40s. It's more common in people in northern latitudes, i.e. Minnesota. Um, but it can happen in kids as well. I'm not a neurologist, so it's not my area of expertise. But yes, MS is often diagnosed with a spinal tap or uh, the medical term for that is a lumbar puncture. We can find what are called oligoclonal bands, O-L-I-G-O, clonal bands in your cerebral spinal fluid. That's one of the ways it's diagnosed. We have a little less than two minutes to go, Doc. All right. So let's see. Do we have time? Let's see if I can't get sure. one or two more of these text messages here. Um, let's see. Tell that guy who's constipated to eat refried beans, salads, and dried figs. Okay, consider it done. I think I, I agree with that. <laughs> um, that's that's actually some pretty good advice. Uh, can you please explain what essential tr- – when I feel anxious, they seem to be worse in my hands. Thank you. That's from Mary. Mary, thanks for your text. Essential tremors are very high frequency, just kind of shaking of your hands. There, There's often a word put in front of them called benign because they are indeed not cancerous. They're not malignant. They're not leading into anything, but they can make it really hard to eat soup or peas on your fork. You get shaky hands. Very, very, very common. There, um, it's not curable, but it is treatable. Um, there are medications that are very effective at kind of calming it down. So that's what I'd really suggest to people if it's getting to be problematic in your life. All right. If you did not get in your question answered today, we're going to do another open line show next week. But you're also going to be joined by a colleague. Yeah, John Hick, our emergency preparedness expert who has helped – he helps like the whole country in emergency preparedness. Dr. Hick is going to talk to us next week about what you, what we're doing here at HCMC and in, in Minneapolis to prepare for a certain football game on February 4th. We're going to do an open line show, so get your questions ready. But we're also going to talk to Dr. Hick. Also, um, if we didn't get to your, your question today, uh, I, uh, please do try next week. But also I will try to put some of the questions and answers in a text format on the blog site. Um, if you don't know what I'm talking about, the blog site is myhealthymatters.org. Um, I, I do posts periodically. I did one yesterday that's proving to be very popular. So myhealthymatters.org. Here's so, that forecast for the Twin Cities. Yes, uh, we'll, uh, we'll be uh, joined uh, next week 
by uh, Dr. Hilden and his guests in another Open Line show. So uh, I know we, we, we've got so many text messages we never got to. Yeah, I'll try to get them up yeah. there on the site. Um, uh, go to MyHealthyMatters.org. You can also listen to podcasts of the shows. Um, there are uh, You can go to some of my older posts, and um, so please do that. There's also an event coming up. Our new clinic building is opening up on March 26th, but we're having an open house on Saturday, March 17th, from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. Everybody's invited to a community open house to see what I've been talking about. For more information, go to clinicbuilding.org and see what Minnesota's latest and greatest state-of-the-art clinic looks like. But put it on your calendar, Saturday, March 17th, 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. Come and check out our new clinic and specialty center then. And we'll see you one week from today. Thank you very much, Dr. Hilden. Right now, 34 degrees. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com.